Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast amongst friends. It's Monday night. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida. Todd Meininger down in Cumming, Georgia. And Anthony Malafronte in Tampa. What's up, boys? Bill, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Weekend? L- listening to a little pitter-patter of some late rain here. In, uh, I say it's late in the early evening as we're recording. Um, just a little front that's moving through. And then I, I looked ahead in the weather for the next eight days. It's sunny, high 70s, low 80s for a week. <laughs> so, Chamber of Commerce week. <laughs> Chamber of Commerce week coming up. In fact, um, affect the, 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 they're going to be in Bradenton, just south of us, right? For the, uh, at the concession for the WGC right. next this week. So that'll be, uh, mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Right. They'll have great weather for it. And, and you know we, as as Anthony and I always say, we have we play a little golf this weekend. We're in a little tournament event, a two man event, where you simply add up your scores, you know, in total. I don't know if you knew this, but when you add two negatives together, it gets more negative. So that's a bad thing. <laughs> we, a simple thing. I always learn two negatives are positive. Am no, I wrong? not in this. That's when you multiply them. But when you add them, it goes the wrong way fast. It's pretty bad. So, rats, rats. That's all I'm going to say about my round of golf. Oh, same uh, format, but they just paired people up. Yeah. Yeah. Just so for I'm, a change I'm, of pace. Thing. Yeah. I'm with Shab and Anthony's got Carney. So, uh, yeah, we, we played so well that we'll probably be paired up together next week. <laughs> our scores are pretty close to each other. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a lot of fun. So that's funny. TM. Don, how about you, bud? Yeah, really, uh, good weekend spent, um, Almost all of Saturday outside and almost all of Sunday inside. Saturday played sets uh, of tennis, and that was enough. I had to go and hop on uh, for a little pickup pickleball action, and then I had to run to uh, Cherokee County. Um, my daughter was playing her last tennis match of uh, of the season for her for her league. So um, I'm sure you all been there when you spend all night. I'm sorry, all day outside. And you hit the pillow early and it's like you're two seconds on the pillow and you're gone. All that fresh air was just awesome. Um, and then Sunday I, I watched a, a ton of sports. Um, so some, some good, some bad, um, but very entertaining nonetheless. So how did really, Kate do in her season? It was a short season, wasn't it? Over quickly. It's, I want to say six, seven weeks. She probably played four or five times. Um, great. Just she's improving every time. Um, a little more confidence. Yeah, she's playing in a U18 league, right? So they didn't have enough um, in her division. She's 16. So she's playing up and I tell her, hey, that's good and bad. Uh, The bad part is you take some beats, but the good part is you're going to get better. You know, the better the competition you play, the better you're going to get. So um, trying to focus on not the wins and losses, but just the good life sport and getting better every time. So um, really cool to watch. And then Scott's going tomorrow. So listen, Todd, I'm not sure before. I'm not a huge knowledgeable fan on women's tennis. We'll get to that in just a second. Bill can fill us in, but you know, there's a lot of women that have made it to Wimbledon and lose six, six love, six love to someone like a Serena. And oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, they barely win a game. So it's uh, you know um, you know, it's, it's, I agree with you playing with better people makes you better. It's funny. If you play with three really good golfers, your game's going to get raised up a bit. You know, it's not, mm. it doesn't rarely do you ever pull them down. So that's good. Good yeah. for her for making it through the season. And man, she's competitive. That's a good thing. Just the wins and losses aren't tracking as as you want them. But uh, hey, you're competitive and and getting better every time. So it's did, awesome. Did you ever? Scotty, have any lacrosse games? I'm sorry. 
It's gonna, got how many lacrosse games? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had one last Tuesday and then, um, He's got one tomorrow and one this coming Friday. So they're one and one on the young season. Um, first game, second game, uh, realize they have a lot to work on. Uh, coaching, playing, uh, philosophy. It was it was a humbling loss, but maybe just what they needed early in the season to kind of refocus them. So, is, is what do you have for me, Bill? I'm sorry. Kate, yeah, Kate competitive enough to throw a curse word in there yet under her breath or anything? <laughs> Uh, she is, um, she gets it, uh, she gets, she gets it honestly from her mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> she likes to win, but, um, we're also, uh, she's, she's a good balance. Keep it in, in, in focus and, uh, keep it, uh, in perspective, but boy, she, she likes winning and playing well, just like we all do. Right. Cool. Anthony, how about you, bud? Well, you know, I was just listening to you guys talking how playing with good golfers, uh, raises your game it would appear as uh, as though the opposite is also true (laughs) (laughs) all ships all ships small and small rise and fall with the tide (laughs) and this past yesterday sunday uh we proved that (laughs) because uh i mean i played absolutely horrible i came home and really thought about giving up the game for a couple of weeks. Just <laughs> I've done that. I I've done that before. That yeah. I mean, Sean, I did not get a ball off the ground for three holes. Mm. Really? And one of the terrible. holes, one of the holes had water in front of it. I think, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was now. That was the fourth hole. That's oh. the one I dropped into the pond. <laughs> That's <laughs> just the yips, Anthony. Just a good old classic case of the it, yips. You know, it's 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 a little bit of starting out without warming up early in the morning. Bad knees. My hip was really bothering me yesterday, so I wasn't clearing my my right side very well. Uh, I mean, I it just it was a it was a hard, long, yep, beautiful walk on a golf course. But the, the but so, it, it was it was windy, oh. which for me, I hit the ball very high. So when I try to hit it a little lower to like cheat the wind, I'm not very good at it. Um, so it was just a combination of things. And uh, but you know what? It was still you're golfing, but fun because we got to play golf on Sunday morning, and uh, and it was I, there's no complaining. It just it was kind right. of comical actually, but it but we did play bad. <laughs> nice, all four of us. Well, Carney not so bad, but the, the Carney didn't play so bad. No. And of the four of us, Joe, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but Bill and Rick and I. Complained significantly less. I mean, I I mother effed myself a couple of times. Yeah. Carney played better than all of us and took fifteen dollars from us, and he complained the whole time. Every hole, piss about something. <laughs> <laughs> that's golf, baby. Mid-season form in the early season. That's good for oh, you. Oh, it's great. It's great. Well, I got to play my first round of the year uh, on Saturday. I'm so excited well, to hear well, about well, it. Freaking da. Down <laughs> in Pinehurst, uh, left early Friday morning. Drove through some uh, some some salt and some snow and and the West Virginia Turnpike was Bill. I wanted to stop five or six times to take pictures of the mountains with the snow just completely covering all the pine trees. It was really pretty. Wow. Um, but I made it down to Pinehurst uh, a couple hours before Riley did. I got a chance to meet up with our friends Scott Linscombe and Lori Davis and had some beers in the in the little village there. Uh, got to our Airbnb, which we stayed at before, guys and. Um, and then as I, as I kind of was leaving to meet Riley, who had, who had taught all day, uh, 
she kind of followed me into the little village there and we had dinner. We went to Southern Pines Brewing, had a drink. Then we went to find a little restaurant in, in, uh, in Southern Pines, got some, got some, uh, stash for the house, played golf on Saturday. But before golf, we, we, we had a beautiful breakfast at the track, uh, introduced Riley to the track. Nice. And, uh, just, you know, unbelievable local breakfast spot, Todd. It's uh, one of those spots where, you know, there's only like 12 things on the menu. Uh, but all the staff, you know, been greasy, there greasy spoon, Sean, would you call it a greasy spoon? Yeah. Was so, Teresa yeah. your server? Teresa was not. She was on the other side. We actually okay. were in the left-hand room, which was, you know, it was kind of crowded. Yeah. Uh, but Mal, I sent you the video of the, of the, the trotters were out warming up. Yeah. Um, it was just a, you know, a brisk, you know, there's frost on the windshield. So there was a, there was a frost delay. So we didn't even tee off until noon. Uh, but we played at, at country club, North Carolina, which you guys have been to. Uh, I think the first 13 shots I hit on the range, my hands stung for about five, 15 seconds each, uh, just getting that first couple swings of the year out. Uh, but we walked carts. It rained literally for two straight weeks. Todd, I think you probably can, can agree, you know, your weather not very far off two straight weeks. So it was the first day with sun and blue skies that they'd seen in two weeks. So the course was pretty wet. We walked to the Cardinal. It was, uh, Scott Linscombe, our friend, Riley, my daughter, and, uh, Cade Madison had, had come down from Boston. He was staying with his parents over in Wilmington for two months mm. working from there. And so he drove over and played with us, you know, Cade from Boston logic, uh, bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were the only people on the course. And I'll tell you, wow. Scott said, Riley, it'll be me and you versus Caden and, and Sean. And I, I hit the ball. Well, I, um, I, you know, I, I probably, if I looked at my score, I was probably high eighties, you know, but, um, third hole guys, remember that little par three over the water, mm-hmm. uh, made like a 20 foot birdie putt to, to get nice. my first birdie of the year. And I'll tell you what, guys, let me just, let me just tell you the greens, February 20th were glass. They were the smoothest greens I think I've ever played in my life. They were wow. so good and they were so pure. Uh, and you know, the Scott and the other member that joined us for the back nine, we played a five, some, uh, they were saying like how slow they were, but they were so true wow. and so impressive. And then I made a, a bomb of a birdie on 10, about t- 10 feet off the front of the green. I, I played putter, had about a 15 foot break and it broke and broke and broke and broke and dropped in the cup for, uh, another birdie. We just had a great time. And then, and then we went from there over to the thistle dew course and Riley, uh, Riley fell in love with Pinehurst. She loved, <laughs> she loved the country club, but when she got up to the course and saw the whole thistle dew and it's a putting course, Todd, right there outside the clubhouse. And I got her a draft duck hook beer. And she not only found a beer that she really liked, but when you go to the play, the putting green bill and, Anthony, and you can put the beers in the little stands on the putting yeah. on the, on the tee box sort of area. <laughs> she thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was cold, but God, we had a fun time. The groups in front of us, it was the end of the day. So all the guys were coming off the courses after playing all day and the cradle was full. We went to Pinehurst Brewing Company for dinner. It was just a great Saturday. It was, that was our, that was Riley's kind of belated birthday. So I was so, so happy to give her a fun day. Uh, she, she literally, has dreams of coming back to Columbus to teach. And Sunday morning, she got up early while I was on the phone with a client and found the Pinehurst elementary school that's being built, went online and found out that they are hiring a second grade teacher and submitted an application today. Wow. To worse thing, there's worse things, right, Sean? She there's fell in love. 
Mariners. Just everything about it. She just thought was, and then Sunday morning we played the cradle. Um, we were, we were one of the first groups out. Um, it was kind of cool guys. They, they, they did like a shotgun start at 10 o'clock. Mm. We had the 10, 27 groups. They, they started groups on one through six. So the group that started on, I guess, six, they went out and then we just followed them out, played with another husband and wife. And Riley, Riley just was enamored by it. As you What'd can you imagine. do on four? Uh, four, I left it short. I started out par par and then, and then, uh, and then three putted the, uh, the punch bowl. Um, yeah. But I made a sweet birdie on eight. Uh, the only birdie of the group on eight, I put it about three feet nice. from the hole. And then we all, we all hit, we all hit the green on nine and we all made pars on nine and, and walked off into the sunset. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Alan and Bill, I missed you guys. It was a, it was fun being there, but I missed hanging out with the buddies and I told watching, you, I, play, really, watching, watching them walk off 18, number two and watching them walk around the facility. And just, I was following this guy when Riley and I were walking around when we first got there to take a picture at the Pine Stewart, Payne Stewart statue. We're following this guy and he's talking clearly to his wife on the phone and I'm going to, I'm going to recreate the conversation. No, no, no. It's been the greatest day ever. No, I just played this course. It's called the cradle. It's like this little course and every hole is like 120 yards, but there's like grateful dead music playing from the trees. No, no, no. They have, they have speakers in the trees and in the ground. No, no. You're allowed to play music. No, I, I don't even know how to describe it. And I'm standing behind him listening. And I say, just tell her it's like heaven. <laughs> I live vicariously through your your texts uh, and pictures all weekend, man. It looked yeah, like so it, a lot it was of fun. fun. It was one of those days that you know, Todd and, and you, you got a couple of them coming with your growing children. And Mal, every time you get a chance to to get together with your kids at a ball game or on the golf course, it's special. And Bill, I know you look forward to the next time Kevin visits. So mm-hmm. it was it was just a just a, a good weekend. And thanks to Scott and Lori and you know the people down there, Mackenzie, our our host at the Airbnb and. It was just fun. So guys, let's talk sports. And, and, and I'm going to need you guys to, to fill me in on, cause I, I, I tuned in at the end of the golf, but Bill, I, I understand uh, we had a couple major champions claim another major championship down in Australia. Why don't you run me through Joker and Osaka's big wins? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> Jen, Jen Brady, um, who's was that? that I think Todd, did I win a dollar on that Brady uh, Pagula match? Okay, just checking. Yes, you did. And yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know she. I'll then you. She really was no match for Osaka. Osaka Naomi Osaka has um, really. She's kind of a a version of Serena at that age. I really feel that. I mean, she's won four majors, um, and she is uh, very determined on the court. Uh, very, mm. very um, very kind of uncomfortable. Kind of off the court. I don't off, know if you, awkward, right? <clears throat> awkward, awkward, uncomfortable. Yeah, but yeah. she's also young. Did Serena lose in the semis? She lost in the yes. semis to uh, Osaka, correct? Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, it was a Nadal who lost in the quarters to uh, Tsitsipas. Um, so good for Osaka. She's she's a hard court f- f- phenom. Like US Open and the uh, Australian Open will probably be hers for a while. I mean, she's that good. How now, old is she, Bill? She's like 21. 23, I think, or she's, yeah, she's she still young. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So she's got a long ways to go. And then Joker, look, um, with Nadal out, he made really quick work of Medvedev. I mean, it was not, not, a not, a not even really breaking a sweat. Um, 
And so that gives him 18. Uh, the cyborgs, as he called it in a press conference, 58 major titles between three mm. guys, 20, Jeez. 20, and 18. Remember when Sampras got to 13? Everyone thought, oh my God, that'll never be touched. And they, they just yeah. got these guys just blew by it. So this young crew keeps coming in the, the Tsitsipas or the uh, Sasha Zarev or Medvedev or all these guys, but they just can't knock them off. They've only, I think they've lost three majors in the last, I don't know, uh, 15 years. Think, think about it's crazy. That. That's 60 yeah. majors in 15 years and they've lost three of them. <laughs> so, you mean that's one of those three guys hasn't been the winner. Correct. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Let that yeah. percolate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you look at Tiger with 15 and Jack with 18, and no one else is really even close. I mean, you know, you got yeah. Saracen with eight. and But uh, these guys are all playing at the exact same time. Same time, I yeah. I mean, Federer's yeah. the old guy, and, and Nadal's in the middle, and Joker's the youngest, <clears> but there's only about five years, six years to separate them. So, um, yeah, it's going to be – it really could end up like a 20-20-20 tie. It'd be great. Although Nadal still probably got a couple French Opens in him. So he's only won 13 of those. So 15 would be pretty cool. We'll see two more, two more of those. Um, and anyways. and Bill, did you get the, did you get the, um, a lot of journalists, sportscasters, writers uh, felt like it was a goodbye from Serena. Did you? So I, get that? I, I, well, it felt like it because of her, uh, she broke down at the press conference and just walked off in the wave afterwards. But in her heart, she put, but there's yeah. a guy who knows Serena very well. I can't remember the sports writer's name who said, "You're a fool if you think she's going to let that be her last hurrah." She is. I kind of. I'm in that camp. I don't I, think. I it's, agree. I think it's premature. Right. She'll find it, whether it's Wimbledon or the French, she'll find a way to get 24. Um, you know, she's she's that determined. So, and she was mm-hmm. in great shape. I mean, I know she, she's a big girl, but she was in great shape because you know she was. Um, you know, not just maybe a little softer um, at the end of last season, but she worked hard and I think she felt really good. The, she'd just blown through all her matches up to that uh, match with Osaka. And, and Naomi, look, I, I don't know if you're watching any of it, but she's up, she breaks her, she's up two love and has another break point to go up three love in the first set and can't close her out. Osaka comes back, Ooh. wins that to go 2 1, and then all of a sudden it just was a wheels come up. Yeah. whole different match. Yeah. One point away, three love. I don't even think Osaka comes back from that for the first set. And then, but yeah. that's, that's tennis. Yeah. Two, two breaks are hard in, in, in a set. Really right? hard, really hard to come back. Yeah. From. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So it's, it's all over till the French for the most part. Hey, yeah. Bill, did you, did you notice, um, Medvedev, how do you pronounce the name? Um, Medvedev. Medvedev. That's a tough one for me. Um, but I, I was rooting so hard for him because he doesn't seem to play the ball boy games, I call it. Like all these players will get like nine balls yeah. and then pick two favorite, right? <laughs> and they're constantly chirping at their box. And it just seemed like every once in a while he'd have a couple, but he has two ball serves. And I was like, I hope this guy does well just because I want to root for someone that's not such a – uh, mental case that most tennis players are, yeah. especially the men, maybe worse, uh, maybe than than the girls. But um, they, I, I turned around twice, and that match was over. That was, yeah. as you say, Joker barely broke a sweat. And eighteen is unbelievable that he's the wheel. He's he's the bronze medal at eighteen in this. Era. It's it's kind of mind numbing when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, very very interesting, and you know, 
well-deserved. And uh, so they did no fans back or they did bring fans back. They brought them. Fans came back on Thursday and it, yeah, it looked Wednesday, packed. The men's final looked packed. It yeah. was a five-day lockdown. So there was no no one in the stands from 1130 on Friday night when they kicked everybody out of <laughs> Nadal's match when he lost um, all the way through Wednesday at midnight. Then Thursday morning, they brought people back in small. In fact, they yeah. had a big crowd for the men's final. You know, it seemed like it. At least zero cases, yeah. zero cases the last three days of the lockdown. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how they did it. That's great. Um, other country club sport, the LA Open, also known as the Genesis, uh, kind of Tiger Woods West Coast tournament, uh, goes to a playoff. Two one win guys make it: Max Homa and Tony Finau. Max Homa wins on the second playoff hole, the fourteenth, the par three. Par versus Finau's bogey out of the bunker. So not really the way you want to win a tournament, but I know Max Homa will take it because it's got a special meaning to him. Uh, you guys watched it. Uh, Todd, I was getting kind of blown up on the car phone uh, with the <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Are you watching? Wow, wow. Um, I had just turned on. I was kind of, I, I made an homage to it in my, in my blog post. I, I was kind of getting bored with my podcast. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll turn on PGA Golf Radio. Todd and Mal always talk about how good it is. So I found it when Homo was coming up the 18th hole and I thought, Oh, mm. cool. Like kind of rooting for this guy. You know, he's a fun social follow. He's a young rising star. I believe I, I told you he, he was one of the guys that you might want to put some, some out, some capital on. Uh, and then he stuck it close on 18 for a chance to win. And he missed it. And, and boy, to hear the guys on the golf, they're like putter back and through and oh he missed it he missed it low he lipped out and it's just it's hard for those guys because they try and really give give you the entire play-by-play as you know todd so tell me what happened it looked, sounded like it was a good back nine with sam burns and homa playing well uh Finau shot a 64 i believe yep yeah go ahead and um put the governor on for me because uh i got i got a lot to uh to, to chat about um tony Finau, we had him this week in our, my little pool uh shoots a 64 and um, shockingly, that wasn't good enough, right? Homa goes out and shoots a 66. But what was really interesting about um, that, that putt, um, and we talk about all the great announcers um, and love them or hate them, but Faldo, right? We're listening in to Max Homa talk to his caddy, who he's known since he was seven. I think his caddy's maybe five or six older, years older than he is. So it's like a big brother to him. So these guys are like best friends, brothers. and. Um, Max goes, I agree with you, dead center, right? And Faldo just very quietly says, I think it's, you don't give up a cup, but he goes, right half. He goes, this is really interesting. But Homa and his caddy both read dead center and sure as shooting, he lipped out on the left side. So that little insight alone to me was just absolutely amazing that um, he didn't, it wasn't a choke putt. He hit it, it was a misread. And you don't think, I don't think, because I'm don't, I'm not experienced enough. I'm like, how can you have a misread from three feet four inches? But apparently, you can, right? Well, when so, there's a championship on the line, it, your dream course uh, with your dream host. Um, yeah. So fifty. He was fifty-five and out of fifty-six putts that week. I think inside three feet or the last fifty-six putts. I don't know the stat, but he never misses that putt. Right. It's it's extremely rare. Um, what so, was his reaction, guys? Because I obviously couldn't see it on the radio. What was did he was he flustered? Was he angry? No, he, he uh, really, really again. Well. Yeah, he, it was unbelievable. And his his caddy, as soon as he missed it, he went to just tap it in. His, and his caddy, you heard him because again, no crowd. He goes, 
take your time. He goes, take your time, take your time. He didn't want to rush him, even though it was a tap in. And he did it. And he was smiling. Um, the guys in his group, everyone birdied that hole, except for Homa. And there's only two other birdies that whole day, right? So Faldo's even saying, hey, they're they're showing them the way, birdie, birdie, and he missed it. So and I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll let someone else chime in. Um, the greatest takeaway I took of it was he called his wife right after, right? And I'm not sure about that. Alexa, I guess I bothered Alexa. I'm sorry. Um, he called his wife and he's very into out, uh, affirmations and he um, tries to tell himself positive things. So he called his wife and he goes, I choked. And she told him, she goes, you need to forgive yourself. You need to say, you know what? I, I shot 66 on Riviera. Um, you missed the last putt. Forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself and move on. And it was really impactful because he talked about that after. He's like, it was just uh, amazing that he has such a supportive, um, you know, wife and partner. I would have been killing myself. Right? I just missed a three-footer to win a championship. And and Mal, you you can chime in. It looked like he, it just slid right off his back, right? It was no big deal. His caddy walked right up to him as they were walking off the green. You could see he put his arm right on his shoulder. And you could you knew what they were talking about. We're in a playoff. We still have a chance to win this. Uh, it was it was pretty sweet. What 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 I took away from it were the last three groups coming down the last three holes. Homa hits the ball into the bunker on seventeen. Needs to get up and down to even have a chance to make birdie on the last hole to get into the playoff. Because right mm-hmm. in front of him, Tony Finau had made birdie on 17 and then hit a decent tee ball on 18, but left it short. Awful approach, right? In the rough on 18. And he had to get up and down to stay at 13. And Mm -hmm. I've never played Riviera, but I've seen enough people try to chip the ball from short in front of the green, get it to the hole and it runs eight or 10 feet by. He left it in a spot where he could make the putt. And then Homa gets up while the well that was going on. Homa gets up and down out of the bunker on 17 and hit a laser bolt. It was a beautiful tee ball that he hit on the 18th tee. All the time, I'm rooting for Sam Burns because he's on my my year long fantasy team, <laughs> and he's just he's just throwing lug nuts he's like one right off after the, the other. Nine, right? He was leaking oil the whole back nine. It sounded like. Well, you know what? He he bled on three holes, 12, yep. 13, and 14. For the week, he was plus six on those holes. Two long par fours and a long par three. And minus he did not play those three holes well all week. And didn't he played do three and a half great rounds of golf, right? He played yeah. three and a half great rounds of golf. Yeah. And the back nine got him. And then when you get the, to the, the guys playoff, on the radio said, the guys on the radio said if Sam Burns would have won. He would have been the first wire-to-wire winner since 1957 there. Think about that. Wow. And when you get to the playoff, it even becomes more fascinating. Finau and Mm. Homa do not make a bogey all day. They get to the first hole. They both make bogey to go on to the next hole. No, they both made pars. They they both made par, right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. but they both made par. But then they made, and then they made bogey on the next hole. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So talk and, to me, Bill, Bill, about the drive that Homa hit, because the guy's trying to describe it on TV, <clears throat> uh, on the radio. 
it apparently like went right up against the side of a tree, right? Yeah. So that, you know, that if you look at 10 off to the left, those of the trees green, on the left, right? the little stand yeah. trees, which are perfectly yeah. placed. I mean, they're like perfect. Right. And he just went a little long and it kept running and it did, it rolled right up against the trunk. And, and all you can see from the camera angles that we have, you thought, Oh, he's stone dead. Like he's got to go completely sideways, maybe be 10, 15 yards, maybe right. And then have to get up and down from there. But then as he gets there, Homa gets there and walks up. He has a wedge in his hand. He starts taking a couple swings. He looks around. He comes out. He's got to maybe this much space, maybe two inches away from the from the from the uh, trunk of the tree. And yep. and it was a great shot. I mean, he just closed the hood of the closed that face, hooded down that that wedge, and made a great strike. Of course, just missing the tree. I almost hit it backwards. Came out. Well, he hit a dead left intentionally bounces up that little hill. And I thought for sure it was going to catch the slope and head down to the right and be a little long, right? It catches the green, Perfect. slows down yeah. and curves towards the hole a little bit. I mean, he, it was, and I, I put that tweet out there. He, I guarantee because of course he grew up on, they did a little special on, you can see it on Twitter as well. This Valencia, Vista Valencia, where he grew up and it's filled with little trees like that. You know, through all those years of him playing that course, he was up against trees. You figured it out, sure. you know? Um, and but, I mean, he in my spun mind, the ball when well, he, he hit did. the he, green, it had spin on it. Well, yeah, it that's what Mark, because Mark McCumber he, he on the radio was, said. I'm not sure how he did that, but that ball was hooking the way it came out. Yep. Yeah, you know, and it he had, had a spin. Of, he it had hit the green of, and it stopped. Ton of right to left spin on it because it, yep. it you know, the way he hit it. And I always, you know, it's, much. yeah, the, you know, the, I, um, it's like I'm pretty decent at hitting a controlled hook when I have to because I'm in the trees a lot. You just learn over time. But man, you get the face of the club aiming at the hole and you swing 50, your your line of flight is maybe 40 yards right of that. And the ball just always comes out and goes left. You just, you know, can't control how much sometimes, but he, it was just a masterful shot. And at that point, you know, they both two putt it. It feels like a bogey, Anthony, you're right. Cause that hole's so short. You almost think it's a par three, (laughs) but you know, it's just, it's a tough, tough hole. I mean, one of the toughest short par fours out there. During the playoff. You know, there's that website where you can look and see the odds. Yeah. Per mm. shot. Mm. Right. Live and odds are probably amazing. Live odds. When when Finau hits the ball short of the green and and Homa's up against the tree, Homa's like negative uh four hundred and fifty, and Finau is plus seven twenty-five. Wow. Right? Within minutes, they both make par on that hole. <laughs> Within minutes, one of them's in the bunker and the other was on the green, and the odds completely, almost completely went the opposite direction, yeah. which was pretty cool to watch. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Having Probably not. Betting on every shot in a golf match, but <laughs> I mean, but it was that was with your buddies, <laughs> with your buddies in the living room or on a Zoom, a buck a shot. That's probably okay. I think that's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me when you go like to uh, when you go to like the the waste management, Ooh. and there's guys that sit on a par three and yep. they bet on every single group. Every like look down the blue, down the white, and they just close to the pin, you, right? For you know, you you bet on the, which caddy is going to hit the green first. 
that's one of the biggest bets. You got to pick which caddy gets to the green first. So you got caddies messing with the fans. Is that where they're running? Running and then he'll stop and then some guy will catch him. And it's like it's It's like it's like on the scoreboard where they show the hot dog and the pit the the mustard and the ketchup and the yep. Which caddy touches the green first? Will the will the sign boy spin the sign or not? That's another bet because you keep yelling at the sign boy to spin the sign, spin the sign. Some will, some won't. So, I mean, so, you want to you want to gam you want to be a degenerate? Go sit on sixteen at the waste management. It's it's awesome. Todd, you mentioned it. Uh, I listened. You know, obviously he talked on the to probably uh, you know the girl on TV, um, Amanda Amanda Balionis. And then, and then he talked to, you know, the guys on the golf, uh, network and he said, I talked to my wife and, and we've, we've said all week, our, our theme this week was forgive quickly. And that's it. Yep. He reminded me forgive quickly. And, um, what a cool thing. And his tweet, you know, he's a, he's a pr- prodigious treat tweeter, right. And a lot of social media, a lot of young generations following him because of it. His tweet yesterday, I spent over a dozen years trying to get tiger to give me a high five at Riviera. And today he handed me a trophy. What a world hashtag golf. Nice. Mm. So, uh, it's nice. been, let's see, uh, 104,000 likes, uh, fit, almost 5,000 retweets for, a, for a little golfer who, by the way, this, this is one of the upper echelon tournaments on the tour. Bill, I think you know this. Yeah. It um, carries a three-year exemption, but it's a three-year yeah. extended exemption. So he gets three years plus this entire year. So he gets mm-hmm. the rest of this golf season, which is only, what, six weeks old, yeah. and then three more years after that. Which is obviously a, a you know this is where guys now if he wins one more he's set for pretty much his career and uh, five hundred and fifty FedEx points not five hundred yeah he jumped he jumped to number ten yeah. Yeah. yeah he jumped to ten and Finau jumped to six uh, yeah. with his second place win I think his cool. what was that his ninth second place win unbelievable Here's yeah, he's got second place win stat Finau yeah. since two thousand and seventeen is in the top four. For top ten finishes, <laughs> Justin Thomas, John Rahm, uh, DJ, and then Tony Finau. Wow! The first three have like twenty nine wins, and Finau has one. Mm. Wow! It's two thousand and seventeen. So you think it's just a matter of time, and if he wins his fifteen or twenty tournaments, you know, in his career, you look back, you, you might say, "What if?" Right. Yeah. But I mean, he's clearly a talented guy and I, he's one of those guys when he wins, he'll probably have a two or three win season once he gets the monkey off yeah. his back. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's hard not to root for. He's, he's so likable. Yeah. He really so is. Likeable. Dude came back from a shredded ankle at the, uh, at Augusta. That was masters. Oh, put it back in place. Practice yeah. round. Yeah. Yeah. Part three, awesome. hit a whole one and then boom. Awesome. <laughs> and played, hey. played the run, came yeah. in the top 10 of and that walked, tournament. And with walked the, all four rounds with a shredded ankle. Yep. By the way, guys, I, I don't know if we saw this when we played the cradle last time, but on the, on the one side of the course, on the side of the, of like the starter shack, there's a, there's a, like a scoreboard of all the leaders, like the number of rounds played and number oh. of consecutive holes in one, one person is con- has two consecutive holes in one and holes number two and three uh, or three oh. and four, sorry, three and four. The, the most holes played in one day, 484. Wow. Fastest round. I want you to think about this for a oh, second. Let's see. Fastest round. What would you guess to get Nine around holes. that course, Bill? Nine hour and 10 minutes. No, no. It's going to be. It, it took us an hour to play. 17 minutes, 40 seconds. Mal, what do you think? To get from the first tee, putting everything out through the ninth, 
What do you think the fastest round ever played there was? I mean, it's hilly. You got to walk up and down some Dude, hills. They ain't walking. He ain't walking. He's 20, running. He's running. I, I would say 20 minutes. Seven minutes, 38 seconds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said 17. Jeez. That's that's less than a minute a hole. It's yes. like when you watch Big Brother and they show the scores and they like, you know, Janelle, you got 13 minutes and Will, you got 13. So what listen, score? best score, what, what? Best, best score for men, 19. Wow. That's seven birdies and two pars. No. Best score right. for juniors, 20, 21. Okay. No, yeah, 19 is no, that's one bug, one one par and eight birdies. Yeah. That's six, um, right? Yeah. Most holes in one in one round, two. Okay. By one, two, three, four players. Consecutive holes in one, two, by a guy in holes number three and four. Fastest round, 738. Fastest oh, round of golf, four-person relay. Ooh. Six minutes, 23 seconds. Wow. So that's one player hitting the ball, next person putting it out, next place. So you got to run. You gotta Do they give you the score the, of, the, of the fastest guy? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay. But it couldn't have been couldn't have been a, a high because no. he had to hit it close enough to it has make to be a decent score too. Yeah, best score ladies twenty one, best score junior girls twenty two, most holes in one all time. Kelly Mitchum's hit eleven, most holes played in one day four hundred and thirty two by Robert Hoadley. Got to be a charity event, like a, a charity event, you know, pay per hole kind of thing. Best score with just one club, twenty one. Holy crap! It wasn't <laughs> was it a putter? <laughs> I got to think he'd hit a wedge probably, you know, like a, but it could be a putter. You can almost put every hole there. Can't you? No, there was yeah, a little carries. Yeah. And, uh, holes in one since two, th- since uh, 19 se- or 2017 when it started 669. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Done with golf. Uh, NHL did, Todd, did you, you said you watched a lot of golf on su- a lot of sports on Sunday. Did you happen to watch any of the games from Tahoe? The, the I out- love, they should do it more often the outdoor hockey games. I, uh, I kind of, you want to check them out, but I didn't, I didn't uh, stay tuned in for that long, but I love the concept every year. It's great. Right. The old pond hockey tribute, right. To, to the way yeah. most of these guys grew up playing in Canada. Mystery. That's my dad said in Buffalo. He, he, uh, he played hockey outside, right. He never played inside, you know, so it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, quick run of the NHL, uh, Boston, Washington in the East, a couple new teams, Bill in the central Carolina on fire this year and the Florida Panthers in second. How many games uh, have they how many games have they played? Never mind. I won't go there. Yeah, well, it's not not enough to worry. I just no, you know, no, no. just just a but, checkpoint. Uh, yep. West at St. Louis and Las Vegas and Canada. Uh, Canada home to the best team in NHL, Toronto. Uh, 14 wins, most wins and most points by any team in the league. Toronto and Edmonton are the top 2 in the Great White North nice. division, uh, the Canada division. Uh, NBA, you got Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Indiana. Out west, you got Utah playing well. Lakers, Clippers, and Phoenix, Bill. Still hanging around. Suns, yes. <laughs> uh, college hoops, really no change at the top. You got Baylor and Gonzaga. Consecu- uh, you know, Gonzaga still one, Baylor still two. Ohio State, Michigan, three and four. They had a big battle here in Columbus on Sunday. Michigan wins. Uh, they are only lost one. Um, what, that, was, what, that was a close game. If, um, if, if winning, if, if uh, Ohio state beating Michigan in football is a hundred, what is the number corresponding number for basketball for like Michigan beating Ohio state in basketball? Is it a four or is it a 12 compared to a hundred for 
you see where I'm going like, with this. Well, do people care, you mean? Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, I'm sure people in Ann Arbor probably love it because they finally beat Ohio State in something. Something, yeah. Uh, but it's not even close. <laughs> It's no, a fraction. No, because yeah. if any, if anyone, I didn't, I didn't see it. But if anyone on Twitter, you know, starts talking shit, yeah. they'll just say it's been, you know, it's been three thousand days since you beat us in football, yeah. you know, or whatever. So there's a there's a website, <laughs> I believe, on the Columbus Dispatch. There's a little ticker in the top right corner that says it's been X number of days since Ohio since Michigan beat Ohio State. Wow. Um, hey, Sean, I'm looking. Hey, Sean, for I'm right not. Now. I'm not following this closely, but uh, your Columbus buddy Aaron Conrad, who's a big. Tar Heels guy, he tweeted the other day, the blue chippers who have been down all year are starting to bring it together. I think Duke's starting. So anything can happen if you can get in, right? So that's the beauty of college basketball. Just find a way in and see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's what Calipari is preaching to the Kentucky kids. If, if we can find a way to, to run through the SEC tournament, um, we get it. We get in, a ticket, right? I mean, NC State, they just needed a chance to get in there. Yep. And, you know, I think – Nobody wants to see it. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a lot. Listen, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the way they're doing kind of the, the, the net seedings and who's played who and, and what games and, you know, Florida has, I think gone a couple weeks without playing. And then they went back and lost Arkansas. Um, they beat Georgia. Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, yep. But it's going to be fun to, to, you know, they're all going to be in the same city. I think we'll all do brackets and we'll all pick. We just won't have much of a, a season to, to base it on because it just hasn't really been on the radar, right? The way the, the games have been playing out. Yep. Throw, throw darts. Is that what you're saying, Todd? Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're good. NFL. Any stories in the NFL? I, want to, I just want to talk about one that I think stood out to me that I thought was funny. Um, so Carson Wentz. Traded. Yeah. And Michael Pittman Jr., the receiver who wears number 11, said, nope, can't have my number. <laughs> Told the Oops. told the quarterback, don't care how much you pay me, not going to give you my number. <laughs> and I just think that's funny that uh, he's making a stand against a guy he expects to throw him the ball. Um, now, of course, they're playing it off, saying like, no, no, we're cool, we're cool. Um, Pittman, it's not like Pittman's worn eleven since he was a kid. He wore eighty six at USC. He wore uh, twenty six, I think, when he came to the league or whatever, a different number. Um, I just think that was a funny story. That number one, it's a story. I mean, that and, and the other headline was the coach of the Steelers uh, has COVID. I'm like, who cares at this time of the season? Like, it doesn't matter, right? Right, right. right. Well, unless he gets ill, but, you know, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, of course. But, you know, a lot of times, I mean, Bill, I know when, when uh, Brady went to Tampa, I think whoever had number 12 kind of willingly gave it up, right? Yeah, it was a pretty simple process, but I think it, you know, he laid out some shekels to get that number. That's just standard operating procedure. You know, something could have been a nice dinner, could have been something. But um, yeah, generally speaking, you're going to buy that number. Um, take care yeah. of the guy. Yeah. Tom yeah. can afford it. So can win. Yeah, and for, <laughs> from what I've read, it was a very pleasant conversation, but uh, he asked nicely. Pittman said no. And he said, okay. And uh, so maybe he's not that attached to 11. You know, maybe he, maybe Wentz you know, is the Kuchar, Matt Kuchar of the uh, NFL. Right. <laughs> Save a shekel. Right. Kind of tight with that money. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So we'll just call so, him Cooch instead of Wentz. I'm not much on American football, Todd. I know uh, EPLs had some. Uh, I, you, you shared some with us. First time a team had beat Liverpool in years, right? Everton, Ever, maybe? Everton. So Everton and Liverpool, they're literally miles from each other in the great city of Liverpool. And um, the, you know, blues versus the reds. 
Um, this is the first time in this millennium that Everton has beat Liverpool in uh, at Anfield, so uh, which is Liverpool Stadium. So um, of course, there the the blue side of the city is 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 love and life. Uh, Liverpool is struggling, um, but now again, I talked about it before. They they've got to regroup and make European football. Um, but Man City right now is just running away with it. Um, so again, the two sub storylines uh, is who finishes in the top four and um, the relegation zone. Uh, Fulham Football Club, who sits 18, is is making a move. Uh, they're three back from Newcastle, um, who is sitting in the 17, and they're safe. So, um, again, just kind of fun. Uh, the, the season's never, never over, uh, despite a big league lead or a big deficit. We need yes, a Bill. we need a Sunderland update. Oh, they okay, great. Do um, they play Fleetwood Town tomorrow? Um, and they won on Saturday or Friday. I'm trying to remember, but they're back to sixth. So. As the season stands, they would find themselves in the four-team playoff for the third and final promotion um, for League One. So um, they just got to keep winning. And they're also – I'm glad you asked, Bill. Uh, they're actually headed to Wembley. Um, the tournament for League One is called the Papa John's Trophy Tournament. It's the, it's the season tournament for League One, and they've made the final four – um, so they can hoist a trophy, which would be great, but I'm sure the Sunderland supporters would trade that to get promoted to the championship league. Um, but Hey, you know, you do what you can, right? Yeah. Awesome. So, Sunderland still, still tracking. That's awesome. Did you see, uh, Todd, I see you. I like my, my reply to Cole Kubelik from ESPN kind of saying he started watching Ted Lasso, but he, he thinks it's just a ripoff yes. of major league. And I'm like, not even no. close. Yeah. And Shame on you. Yeah. Shame Ralph, on you. Ralph, Ralph Russo, the sports reporter, he says, he replies to me, he says the line that sold me, I think was in the first episode when Ted Lasso gets asked, do you believe in ghosts? I do. But more importantly, I believe they need to believe that believe in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Great line. The only thing, the only thing major league about it is just, there's a female owner that wants to lose the team. That's it. From that point right. forward, there's nothing else even close. It's just amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm about due to re- reset that one up for the third or fourth time. It's it's just funny to to look at some of the people defending it, like some of their their tweets yeah. to defend it. it, it it's it they're they're well crafted out, right? Having their star player turn his locker into into a shrine for Joe Boo might make you think that, but by the time the Welsh goal scorer Willie Mays Hayes is introduced, it's nothing like Major League. <laughs> no kidding that's funny Willie Mays Hayes. That's speaking of Willie Mays Hayes uh coming to America 2 is coming Ooh. out Bill, will this be the first movie you and Cindy go back to see or no we're not going back okay. to theaters for not a yet. while yeah it just doesn't make sense not yet yep no we haven't been we haven't been in 11 months to a, have you been to the wow you guys loved it too yeah I know anything Disney or no um no we did we did Disney one time don't tell anybody, <clears throat> but um, here, I'll tell you what we did. Do I the think other you night. just told somebody. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what we did do the other night. We, uh, we, there's a movie she wanted to see, uh, streamed it to her iPad. We brought the little stand. We went and bought a pizza. We drove the truck down and parked by the volleyball courts. We could sit right there on the water and we put the, and we did a drive-in movie in our, in the truck. We oh, watched cool. the whole movie, had pizza, had a drink, and then we drove home. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Right. 
Yeah. Nice date so, night. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well, guys, uh, that was a tight show under an hour. So let's uh, let's go around the horn and see what you got coming up this week. Anthony, how's your market down there? You guys still hopping? It's getting harder and harder, brother. Uh, <laughs> we talked on what Thursday night was that the night we talked yeah. and you pulled some numbers up and yeah, you, you were even surprised when you actually pulled them up, weren't you? It's it's staggering to see four years of invent four years ago what the inventory was and what it is today. Um, it's well, the one zip code, Sean, that we looked at, it was 14,000 to 3,000. Um, wow. but, uh, yeah, we're, we're making our clients, uh, happy. We're it's, it's interesting to have the conversations where you have to set very reasonable expectations for buyers in terms of what they can expect, especially if they haven't bought a house in a while. It's, uh, a very valuable conversation to have with folks uh, that they need to be ready to put their best foot forward and the best foot forward might not be enough. Uh, um, so that that's a, a, a conversation that we're having with all of our clients and we've had it amongst ourselves so that we can do it with the right amount of, uh, of, of decorum, if you will. We, it, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have, especially when people need to find a place. Uh, had a great listing appointment today, a little almost five acre piece of land up in Wesley Chapel. Uh, have another listing appointment on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll get those locked down. Uh, I got to think Wesley Chapel is becoming a little more of a prime spot. To You're going to see some growth over the next five years, huh? It, it's well, already grown now. a lot. And it's, yeah, <laughs> now? it's okay. grown like crazy, to be honest. But it, it'll, it's going to grow more. I mean, you know, that's where there's land. So there's builders still building there. Um, uh, the neighborhood that I was in today is probably 60 houses and not one of them is on anything less than five acres. Wow. Uh, so it's a kind of a off the beaten path in Wesley chapel, a little country area, which is beautiful. Uh, yeah. Anthony West, just Wesley chapel really fast. They did a great job of <clears throat> kind of anticipating that build out, right? Cause that 54 and those 56, those two highways, they really Very did a true, great job. Bill. I mean, they were amazing. Very true. Yeah. You know, when you talk to people who are moving to Tampa, you have conversations with them about how the east-west thoroughfares in Pinellas County and Hillsborough County are not very good roads. No. Um, no. And it's just the way both of those counties back 20, 30, 40, 50, North 70 South. years ago, however long it was, were developed. Yeah. People owned large parcels of land. And if one group or one owner didn't sell their parcel of land, they sort of built the east-west thoroughfares around that large parcel of land. Right. In Pasco County, Pasco saw all of that happening. And as Bill said, 54 and 56 east to west are four-lane roads, at least a minimum of two lanes on each side. So the thoroughfare is there. And many of the new developments are right off of those main roads. So the infrastructure the the the, the uh, transportation infrastructure is already there. Yeah, and and uh, and all the retail, all everything is oh, there. They don't have to build anything. They just got to build houses. Which right. nice. Yeah. yeah. You drive down fifty four, and you will literally see anything you want. <laughs> You're right. Right. Every fast food restaurant you want to think of, every restaurant that a chain and otherwise, uh, 
There's you, an amazing number of car dealerships right there at 70. You got your Walmart, you got your Target within 10 miles. Yeah. Oh, they're you all pass, over the You pass three Dairy Queens in eight miles. I, I don't know how <laughs> I know that, but I'm just telling you. Yeah, Bill would know that, the ice cream man. <laughs> I'm proud to say, Bill, I don't know if Lydia's listening, but I stopped at one today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that your team's staying focused and staying busy. And I loved your, loved your, uh, inspirational tweet yesterday that yeah. or your Facebook post was, was a good one. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you for keeping it up, man. Top D what's going on, man. So today we finished day three, session three of four on our virtual national sales meeting. Right. So um, it's actually been going a lot better than most anticipated, but I was actually thrilled to hear them reference that next year we will be meeting in Vegas. So um, yeah, right. It's just one of those who knows how quick some people are predicting April, others are 2024, but at some point we're going to get back to quote unquote normal or whatever that new normal is. Um, It's always evolving always. Uh, So anyway, it was just great to think that uh, I I was afraid, not afraid. It's a, a bad choice of words. I was leery that forever we would just be on Zoom. <laughs> there would never be another, another gathering because, I mean, it's a two-edged sword. It's great to be on Zoom. It's efficient, but it's also invaluable to be in front of people, to rub elbows, to, you know, have that beer at nine o'clock and exchange old war stories. And you learn you learn from everything, right? So anyway, um, so, so far, so good on that. Very successful. Uh, my takeaway from the week, and Sean, you corrected me. Um, uh, not forgive yourself, but forgive quickly. I think that's just awesome. I know I could use it. Uh, I think we can all use it not only in, in work, business, personal. Um, you know, we how long are we going to bog down and occupy our, our mental space on things that are beyond us and we have no more control over? So forgive quickly, learn and move on. I think that's awesome. And finally, I'm also focusing on soaking up uh, my son's senior lacrosse season, just trying to enjoy every moment. and. Uh, I'll turn around twice and Kate will be a senior playing tennis. So I'm really focusing on trying to live in the moment and then really enjoying and soak everything in. So, um, but man, all, all's good. Awesome. Bill? What is this live in the moment you speak of? I, <laughs> I might've missed something there. No, that's awesome. Todd. I got to keep thinking that. Um, let's see the, uh, the podcast this week. I stay local and I'm going to interview the president of the greater Tampa realtors. One Ellie Lambert, who uh, it it actually was a great episode. It was a lot of fun chatting with her, Anthony. Um, She, uh, you know, she, she grew, I don't know if you knew this, but she grew up like in Temple Terrace, but her grandma had land out in Val Rico. That's where she grew up as a kid. That's kind of cool. We talk about that. So, um, cause I doubt she's hanging out in Val Rico as much today. I would think probably more in Tampa. Uh, the yep. other side of other yep. side of the expressway. Um, and I'm interviewing a couple of people this week. One is Dennis McDonald. Anthony knows Dennis very well. He's the yeah. CEO, right? You know, Matt O'Hara's. Yes, he is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Matt O'Hara's. And then um, I'm also interviewing Tiffany. Is it Jalander? I just call her Tiffany Lobb and I get Shellander. yelled at. <laughs> Shellander. Yeah. Shellander. Yeah. KJ is an SH. Okay. Thanks. Um, I'm interviewing Tiffany next week. It's I've never nice. interviewed her, and it's been I should have a long time ago. So um, that'll be fun. That's Jeff Lobb's wife, Anthony. Yeah, Jeff Lobb's yeah. wife. Yeah. Yep. So um, so I got a couple of those lined up, and 
you know, this week it's, you know, um, we're, we're having some great conversations with some big brands. That's fun. Uh, Sean, I'm going to talk to you again about, you know, really making a connection at Columbus and getting you, you know, an MLS that participates in rate my agent so we can get you. Yeah, that'd be great. Data. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. So I, I, I become much better friends with the executive officer in Dayton as well. Dayton area board of realtors. Sweet. So I can make that introduction as well. Awesome. Beautiful. Like it. So good. Good. Um, guys, for me, it's, uh, it's a nice week because I don't have a ton of stuff on the schedule, which Anthony, you know, sometimes that means you're going to get a ton of things on the schedule before you know it. But today was just a really nice day to kind of catch my breath after the drive home. Uh, got a couple of zoom webinars to educate myself tomorrow. Um, learn to become better. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it right there, Todd. Um, I have uh, prep. I, I literally blocked out now. I blocked out my Wednesday to prep for my March classes. So I can do all my kind of making sure my slide decks are ready. Um, it, building it into your schedule. And then a uh, couple, couple coaching sessions this week, as well as, um, uh, let's see, a listing and two buyer uh, opportunities this week. So nice. should be a good week. And gosh, can you believe it, guys? Next week when we talk, it will be March. Spring training. Yes. Yep. Oh, by the way, pitchers and catchers did report, Bill. So we'll, we'll start talking baseball here soon. Yes. yes. Uh, I saw Fernando Tatis Jr., I Ooh. believe he wants to extend his contract with the Padres. He, he, I believe his quote was, "He wants to get a statue in one city." He right. So look, we got to say something. Thirteen years, three forty. That is a steal. If he turns out to be anything near what his potential looks like, he's just basically said, "I don't. I'll just be set. I'm good. I just want to know what I'm where I'm at." Thirteen. I years. really like him. Thirteen years. That's amazing. Bill, I got to give you a little hat tip. I, I was listening to a, 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 it's a local podcast. It's a guy that used to be a, a, a you know, big DJ here in town um, at the adult radio or at the adult contemporary radio station, but he's, he's a, he's a standup comedian, funny podcast, but he was interviewing one of our local sports guys. And they were talking about like favorite interviews of all time and who's the cool people, who's the a-holes in the business and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he said, probably the coolest guy that I interviewed, but I could talk to for hours is a guy named Tony Gwynn. And he said, just to listen to him. And he goes, the, the cool thing about Tony Gwynn is he would just give you the time. And you felt like he was going out of his way. And then you realized, nope, that's just the way he was. He just yeah. never felt like he was sharing anything out, out of this world. But so when he was telling that story, I thought of you. It was just a cool, uh, just talking about, you know, how him and Greg Maddox were two of the coolest guys just to tell, tell story after story. Yeah. Tony had that great laugh too, that real high pitch, you know, that real, that kind of really giggle, high voice yeah. anyways. Yeah. So a great yeah. laugh. Yeah. That's cool. And Bill, I'll end on this. A steal is Ronald Acuna Jr. at 10 years, $110 million. That's yeah, the he, real. He might've made a mistake. Bad, bad management. Uh, <laughs> someone said he should fire his agent. I mean, this is a guy from um, Venezuela that literally had nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. State Atlanta, so it's, it's at the end of the day, he'll, he'll be fine. They'll figure out a way to make it right. Yeah. They'll well, figure he'll be, out. He'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Listen, guys, we're almost ready for that time. Uh, and guess what's coming? We're at the Florida swing. The boys are flying from California to Florida. We've got some good golf coming up. We got Bay Hill. We got players. Masters is around the corner. We got March Madness coming. Stare Down is not going to stop now. On behalf of Mal and Todd and Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the Stare Down.